series that we started last week, or excuse me, the lesson that we started last week. We're in our series, Path to Purpose, and we're talking about the mile markers that God gives us that help us to know even when it seems like he's not working, even when we can't necessarily see him uh, in our lives, we know that we're still on the right path. We said last week that spiritual mile markers are signs that God gives us along the way that his providence and sovereignty are steering us to his divine purpose for our lives. Uh, they're what tell us that we're on the right path. They're what tell us that even though we may not know exactly where we're headed, we're in the right direction. And these spiritual mile markers are important because reaching the destination on the path to purpose for our lives is a step-by-step -step process. Uh, it's not all about knowing where you're going to end up. It's about being faithful and being obedient and being committed to follow the Lord on a daily basis basis, finding purpose uh, on a day-by-day -day basis. We said last week that knowing and fulfilling your purpose is not about finding the one big thing that you're supposed to do that will define the rest of your life. It's about staying faithful and finding purpose uh, today with what God has given you and as God reveals to you that path. Uh, and we said that we find in Esther and in our lives, we find these mile markers, these, these signs to reveal to us even when we can't see him, even when we uh, can't hear him, uh, they reveal to us that God is working behind the scenes to accomplish his purpose in our lives. And so we began looking at three mile markers. And so let's just as review, uh, look at these from last week. We said, first of all, mile marker number one was spiritual warfare, spiritual warfare. He said every struggle that we face in life, every physical struggle, is backed by a spiritual one. And the goal of the devil has always been and will always be to thwart the purposes of God. And because of that, he is going to try to keep you from your purpose because it's God's purpose for you. We said that spiritual warfare is a sign that someone is trying to keep you from doing what you should be doing. The struggles in life, the difficulties that we face, the difficult people, the obstacles should be assigned to us just like they were to Paul when he said, a great door and effectual is open unto me, but there are many adversaries. Just like he said, I rejoice in my infirmity. Paul, why do you rejoice in your infirmity? He said, it's a sign to me that I'm headed in the right direction. It's a sign to me that I am going in the right direction. And so we said the first mile marker is spiritual warfare. But then we said number two, the second mile marker is an opportunity to bless. Having an opportunity to bless. When God has positioned you to leverage your influence the opportunities that you have for his purposes and the advancement of his purposes for his people, then you can know you're on your path to your purpose. Uh, when God gives you those opportunities uh, to be a blessing because he has blessed you. Uh, when God blesses you, we said this last week, 
He always has someone else in mind for you to bless. Now, again, don't look at that as like, well, God just views me as a middleman. He's going to bless me so that I can turn around and bless someone else. No, no, no. He wants to bless you to bless you. But he also wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing to somebody else. And when God gives you that opportunity to be a blessing to someone else, when he gives you that opportunity to influence someone else, when he gives you that opportunity uh, to give back to someone else, then that ought to be a sign this is a part of my purpose. This is a part of what God has for me. I was thinking about this, this point, and then we'll get into the last one in just a moment. But if, if you in your life right now, again, remember we said your purpose is not about that one big thing that you're going to find later. It's, it's not the, the, the who and the what and the where that we commonly think of when we're looking for the big purpose of God. Uh, if you can't look at where you are right now, And the opportunities that God gives you right now to be a blessing and to have influence over others now as a part of your purpose, then how can you expect God to reveal the bigger part of it? How can you expect God uh, to reveal a greater purpose to you in the future? If you can't look at where you are right now, And where you live and where you work and who you have influence over and who you have an opportunity to bless. If you don't see the purpose in those moments, then how can you expect God to reveal a greater purpose to you? Because right now, that's the greatest purpose that you have. Right now, the opportunities that you have to influence, the opportunities that you have to be a blessing, the opportunities that you uh, have to make a difference in somebody's life, that's the greatest purpose that you can have. It doesn't matter if you're a freshman at PCC, or if you're a teacher at LBA, or if you're a student at South, or if you work a job here in the area, or uh, if you just attend Lighthouse and and serve in uh, one or two ministries, it doesn't matter. If you don't see those opportunities with people in your dorm, or in your classes, or at your work, if you don't see those opportunities as a part of your purpose, then God's not going to reveal a greater purpose to you. Those ought to be the mile markers. I think a lot of times, I think a lot of times we don't see purpose in those moments. We don't see the opportunities in those moments to influence or invest or uh, make a difference. We don't see that purpose because a lot of times when we're looking for purpose, we don't see how it benefits us. We don't see if I'm going to make a difference or I'm going to give back to somebody else or I'm going to be a blessing to someone else. We don't see that as our purpose because we don't see how it benefits us. Because when we're looking for purpose in our lives, when we're looking for that big one greater purpose, we're looking for how life is going to be so good. And the spouse, how great a spouse I'm going to get one day. And how cushy a job I'm going to have one day. And how big my bank account one day is. And for some reason, we define that as God's purpose for our life. And God says, that's not at all what I'm talking about. We're looking for our purpose. But remember, we said a couple weeks ago, it's not our purpose. It's his purpose for us. 
So we've got to be looking for those opportunities, and they'll tell us that we're on that path to purpose. But then number three, and this is where we'll pick up today, the third mile marker to let us know that we're on the path, even when we can't see God working, even when we don't know what his plan or his purpose is, but we can tell that we are on the right path, the third mile marker is a faith risk. A faith risk. Taking a step of faith. You're in Esther chapter number four. Last week we, we looked at how the mile marker of spiritual warfare came about in Esther's life because of Haman. Without Haman, Esther would not have been able to realize her full purpose, spiritual warfare. We said then that uh, she found out about Mordecai being distraught at the news that Haman wanted to destroy all of the Jews. And so not knowing why he was distraught, but just looking for an opportunity to be a blessing, she reached out to him. And because she reached out to Mordecai just to be a blessing to him, she found out Haman's plan to lead her on the path to her purpose. And then we get to the third one. And we find that as she reaches out to Mordecai, he sends back news about what was going on to inform her and is going to give her the opportunity to take a step of faith. Look at Esther chapter number 4. Look at verse number 5. It says, Then called Esther... For Hatash, one of the king's chamberlains, whom he had appointed to attend upon her and gave him a commandment to Mordecai to know what it was and why it was. So Hatash went forth to Mordecai under the street of the city, which was before the king's gate. Look at verse 7. Mordecai told him of all that had happened unto him. So he, he is talking, Mordecai is talking with the messenger from Esther. And it says, of the sum of the money that Haman had promised to pay to the king's treasuries for the Jews to destroy them. He's talking about Haman's plan. Verse 8, also he gave him a copy of the writing of the decree that was given at Shushan, the palace, to destroy them and to show it unto Esther and to declare it unto her and to charge her that she should go in unto the king to make supplication unto him and to make request before him for her people. So Mor uh, Esther, excuse me, uh, responds to the news of Mordecai's grief with an attempt to help. And as a result, Mordecai sends back a full explanation as to why he is in this situation. And finishes it with a challenge for Esther to do something unthinkable. To do something that for anybody, let alone a brand new queen let alone a young girl, to do something unthinkable, to take a step of faith, to go see the king. Now, we'll talk a little bit more about this in detail next week, uh, but that was a no-no. You didn't do that. Remember, we said, I think it was last week, we said that the, the, ruling, uh, the rulers in these Eastern culture countries... Uh, they were considered not just civil authority, but they were considered religious authority too. They were considered deities. And so for Esther to go before the king was in essence her going before a god. And no one did that without being called. 
And so Esther would have to take her own life into her hands to take this step of faith. Uh, let, me, let me give you this statement. Faith involves acting like it is so, even when it's not so, in order that it might be so, simply because God said so. That sounds like a Dr. Seuss riddle. <laughs> Faith involves acting like it is so, even when it's not so, in order that it might be so, simply because God said so. That's faith. It's when reality has not yet taken effect, but acting on what you believe will be reality. It's, it's Peter in a boat seeing Jesus on the water and deciding, I'm going to do that too. It's acting on what is not so. Nobody's ever walked on water before. That it might be so because Jesus said, come. That's faith. Uh, it's Joshua. We talked about, or we'll talk about Joshua in just a moment. But it's Joshua and the children of Israel walking around Jericho. Just walking. Not saying anything. Just walking for, for a whole week, for seven days. And on the seventh day, you know, they walked around seven times and they blew the trumpet and they all shouted and we know the song on the walls came tumbling down. They acted on, uh, they acted like it was so, that, like they were victorious, even though it wasn't so, so that it might be so. Why? Because God said so. Because he told them, walk around the walls. That's taking a step of faith. It's, it's, it's a single person who lives on a very small income, choosing to give back to the Lord faithfully, even though you don't see a way the budget works out. It is a college student who has a lot going on, and I will never belittle that, between classes and work and homework and studying and tests and quizzes, but you choose to give God priority in your schedule, even though you have no idea how you're going to get everything else done. It's someone who is maybe new to their faith or hasn't done it a whole lot, but God's going to share Christ with someone, even if you don't know if they're going to be willing enough to receive it. It's taking a step of faith. Uh, no, listen, listen. If you're wondering if you're on God's path to purpose, if, if God is working and God is leading, if God asks you to take a step of faith and get out of your comfort zone, that ought to be a pretty good indication. If God uh, asks you to trust him before you take the next step, if something that you thought you had all figured out doesn't work out, or something that you thought was the way things were going to happen, it just doesn't happen that way. And God says, we're going to go a different direction. God says, we're going to go over here. I want you to do this. I want you to go here. I want you to be there. If that's where you are right now, it's a pretty good indication that you're on God's path, your purpose. See, here's the thing. When God asks us to do things beyond our comfort or ability to do them, 
That's taking a step of faith. Uh, when, when he asks us to do something that we don't think we can do, that's taking a step of faith. And he does that so that we will see him work in ways that we could never have imagined before. And when he does, guess what? He gets all the glory. Because you and I didn't think we could do that in the first place. But he asks us to be obedient, to take that step of faith, to follow him into his purpose. Um, the problem is that we don't like to be uncomfortable. You've heard Pastor talk about that a lot in services. I'm right there with him. We don't like to be uncomfortable. We don't like to do things out of our comfort zone. But can I, can I get something across to you? purpose for your life will never be done from the safety of your comfort zone. Never. You cannot be comfortable in life and feel like you've got everything under control and everything wrapped up into a nice little bow and, and, and ready to, to just continue on comfortable and safe. You will never know God's purpose for your life. Why? Because it takes a step of faith. It takes a step of faith. Uh, we miss the purpose of God for our lives a lot of times because we're not looking in the right places. We miss the purpose of God because we expect it to come to us exactly how we have it imagined. We expect it to come to us exactly how we have it planned. We expect it to come to us exactly how we have it drawn and, and written out in, a, in the story of our lives. But God says it's not how we work. We miss it because we want it to come into our lane and how we expect it and in our wants and desires. And when God says no, out of our comfort zone, we say, I don't want to do that. And we're stuck searching for the purpose of God. When God says, if you would take a step of faith, you would know my purpose for your life. We mentioned Joshua just a minute ago. Joshua had to be reminded to take that step of faith. He had to be reminded to overcome fear. Joshua chapter 1 and verse number 6. Verse 6 says, Be strong and of a good courage, for unto this people shall the divine for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Verse 6. Verse 7. Only be thou strong and very courageous. Wait a second, God. You just said that. That thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee, and turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. Excuse me. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Verse 9. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. So three times in four verses, God says to Joshua, Joshua, have courage. Joshua, don't be afraid. Now, wait a second. This is the same Joshua who was a military leader. Yes? A sa the same Joshua who was a warrior. That was his job. And, and remember, okay, think with me the kind of warfare that these fellows are engaged in at this time. This was not sniping from a hill 500 meters away. This was hand-to-hand, -hand, intense, in your face. You're looking at the eyes of the guy that wants to kill you, and if you don't kill him and put him down, then he's going to take your life. This is the kind of guy that Joshua was. 
Did he need to be reminded to not be afraid? Yes, he did. He had to be reminded to take a step of faith. He had to be reminded to overcome his fear. And that was how he was going to find his purpose. That was how the children of Israel were going to be able to find their purpose, was when they took that step of faith and marched around the walls of Jericho. When they crossed the Jordan River and the river split, they took a step of faith. You know, I've come to the realization that God is not going to call you to fulfill your purpose most of the time when when blessings are raining down from heaven and life is great. That's not typically when God calls you to his purpose. It's usually during a time of testing. It's usually during a time of being uncomfortable. It's usually during a time of uncertainty. It's usually during a time when we look around and think, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what is happening. I don't know where is God. His purpose. Why? Because we have to take that step of faith. And I wonder... I look around this room and I I wonder how many of you, because of testing that you've gone through recently or just in life in general, I wonder how many of you, if you would be willing to take that step of faith and be obedient to God and follow him, how many of you are on the brink of knowing and receiving God's purpose for your life? You're right there. But when we go through that time of testing... When we go through that that calling out of our comfort zone, when we're uncomfortable, we have a choice. We either respond with faith or with fear. Either with faith or fear. Fear makes us stay in our comfort zone because we're comfortable. We know it. Faith says, I'm going to take a step out follow God. But God says, I'm calling you out of your comfort zone to respond with faith and not with fear so that you'll know my purpose for your life. The Bible says in Psalm 56, 3, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Romans 8, 15 says, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. 2 Timothy 1, 7, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Look, Those verses tell me that fear is just a fact of life. Fear is something that we all have to face. We have the opportunity to fear, uh, but it is not one that must be forever because when we're faced with fear, we can overcome it with faith. When we're faced with fear, when we're faced with uncertainty, when we're faced with unknown, we can overcome it uh, with faith. We can overcome it with what we believe about God, that God loves me, that he is for me, that he is with me. We can overcome it with what we believe about his purpose for me, that it is good, that his timing is perfect, uh, that uh, it will always work out as he designs it. Uh, we can uh, overcome it with faith about what I believe in God's promises to me. That they're unchanging. That they're always true. And that they'll never fail. But we have to take that step of faith. When you have that opportunity to take a step of faith. To do something that brings you out of your comfort zone. That leads you to something that you're not sure about. And that you're 
not quite sure how it's going to end up, that ought to be a sign that God's calling you to his purpose. Again, remember this. Esther does not mention God at all. You read the entire book of Esther, does not mention the name God. It does not uh, refer to God's working. It does not mention him one time at all. Uh, Esther and Mordecai do not have any recorded conversations with God. They do not pray any prayers. Now, there's, there's, there's reference to prayer and fasting, uh, but they don't pray any specific prayers to God. Yet, in each one of those instances and throughout the entire book, we see God working. We see that he's there. We see him leading Mordecai and Esther to his purpose uh, for their life. Oh, we see the mile marker of spiritual warfare and opposition. Again, we see Haman popping up. We see without Haman creating this catastrophe and this, this terrible uh, fear in the Jewish people, Esther would not have been able to realize her purpose, the spiritual warfare. Uh, we see the mile marker of the opportunity to bless, that if Esther does not reach out to Mordecai, if she does not look for that opportunity to be a blessing and a help to him, she would never have known what was going on, and there would never have been an opportunity for her to fulfill her purpose. And then we see the mile marker of taking taking a step of faith. If Esther doesn't, and we'll, again, we're going to look at that specifically next week, but if Esther doesn't take that mile marker, if she, or if she doesn't take that step of faith, if she doesn't decide, I'm going to go see the king, and again, huge, huge. This is not just, you know, this is not just going to see the president and then ending up in jail, all right? This is, you lose your head right there to take a step of faith. She doesn't do that. She never fulfills her purpose. And it's easy, I know, because I was, I was doing this earlier as I was studying for this and thinking about this. It's easy to look at Esther, the story, start to finish. And you can read Esther pretty quickly. It's 10 chapters. The last one is like six verses. It doesn't count. No, I'm just kidding. That's terrible. Um, it doesn't take you long. And you can read the whole story of Esther from start to finish, and you can see these these uh, mile markers clearly. You can see how they led to Esther fulfilling her purpose. You can see how without them she would not have been able to fulfill her purpose. We, we can take that, that bird's eye view. We can have the hindsight of living however many thousands of years after this story is complete. It's a lot harder to look at our own lives and see ourselves where Esther was. It's a lot harder to look at our own lives and, and when we're unsure, when we're uncertain, when, when we are in the middle of where is God, when we're in the middle of the cloud and everything around us is the same. We can't see a direction to go here or there. Uh, when we're there, we need to at least start looking for these mile markers. Uh, so I wonder who here needs to take a fresh look at some things in life. As you look around you, the things that you're going through and the things that you're dealing with and the people that you're having uh, to, to deal with in life, how many of you need to look at them and instead of seeing them as hardships and testings and obstacles and difficulties and things that would keep you from your purpose, maybe we need to look at those as mile markers that were on the right path to our purpose. Instead of looking at difficult people, because we all have difficult people in life, and we look at those difficult people 
as obstacles, maybe we should see them as biomarkers. This is spiritual warfare. Remember, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. This is a mile marker to tell us we're on the path to our purpose. Maybe it's, it's people in need. And people around us that we have an opportunity to influence, and instead of looking at those as just hindrances, maybe that's a part of our purpose for today. Maybe it's one per person that you come in contact with today that you can be a blessing to or you can encourage or you can share Christ with and in that moment you know your purpose. Maybe it's uncomfortable moments. We, we're being asked to do... Hey, maybe it's this, this, uh, this uh, offering for the, the new building remodel or this building remodel. Maybe God's going to ask you to do something that makes you a little uncomfortable and giving. And believe me, I've been there. As a single college person, $5 is uncomfortable. But if God asks you to do that, why don't you decide, hey, I'm going to take that step of faith because maybe, just maybe, this is a marker that I'm on my way to my purpose. See those opportunities as mile markers that you're on your way to accomplishing your purpose. Mm -hmm.